Hello everyone, um, welcome back to another episode um, and today I'm joined with Kath and, and Kath and me are going to be speaking about autism. Um, it's it's going to be a really interesting episode where um, we're probably both going to learn stuff about each other as well. So thanks Kath for coming on. No problem, thank you very much Mason. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for, for coming on um, and your wonderful, um, if I say it right, Yoda. It's not Yoda though, is it? Grogu. <laughs> oh, Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> Um, well, probably, because I haven't watched it. <laughs> it is Star Wars Day after yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's Star Wars Day today, so um, it's a uh, it's a good day to do this. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you, to, do you want to just say a little bit about yourself? Um, a little intro. So, my name's Kath or Catherine, whichever one people want to call me. Um, I get some of my friends who call me Kathy, but very few. Um, I'm 25 years old, a mum of one, and my child is currently waiting to be diagnosed with autism, hence why I'm here chatting with yourself. Yeah. Um, basically, I'm a big Hoovian, a big geek, big dork. Yeah. I'm short at five foot two, <laughs> so that often gets taken the make out of. But other than that, that's pretty much it about me. Yeah. Well, um, like, like with autism, um, did you, um, like, how, how long have you been trying to get diagnosed for your son? So with regards to Logan, it was one of those, it's been the past year, really. I'd had suspicions that something wasn't quite right from the age of like one onwards, but obviously we did just start to go into a pandemic and there was stuff there that they weren't too sure of whether it was like just age kind of he he wasn't going as quickly mentally as the age that he was yeah. so they were like oh it's fine he could just be behind a bit developmentally and he could have a developmental leap and be fine by the time he starts nursery and school and things yeah. um and then I put him into crash we get three hours here um in South Wales um through their flying start program that they have in Slatley and um Basically, the crash turned around and spoke to me, saying what their concerns were, and they linked with mine. And I was like, I'm glad it's not just me. And it was semi like a weight off my shoulders because it was one of those, like, I know they say mothers know their children, but it was also one of those, am I labeling my child as having special needs when he potentially may not, or additional yeah. learning needs help? I'm not sure what people would prefer me to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, it's recently state changed in the schools to AL, ALN additional additional learning needs, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it kind of it went from there, really. Yeah, and and, and what made you thought about this? Like, I suppose at the start, like um, that you may have autism. So for me, it wasn't necessarily like it was a definite he has autism, but there were traits of autism that could have been other things also um, I say other things uh, I know or so I have ADHD and his dad has ASD so being autistic spectrum disorder for those who are new here um, essentially my little one ended up regressing almost and his speech kind of disappeared he stopped making eye contact he was very scared and if you tried to call him he was very much in the zone and focused and would get very hyper fixated now to me those are quite similar traits to ADHD and they do say that ADHD traits are in autism but autism traits aren't in ADHD yeah. so it was one of those right okay well I mean they do say it's very much based down to genetics as well so it's undoubtedly he's either going to have either one or a few yeah. um and then I watched him as he started to progress through like his developments he was still behind and then he was consistently hand flapping and that was the biggest giveaway to me yeah. Um, and he started doing this and it was like he was casting a spell as I call it just as his little quick he's just casting a magic spell because obviously kids who are his age or just a little bit older don't quite understand it so it's like oh, I say it's fine he's just casting a spell he's just making sure he's all okay it's his way of expressing himself and yeah. kids tend to be like oh wow that's amazing 
um but he's very vocal with it because he makes this kind of growl or hiss sound um it's very much like and that's the sound he makes when he does it and he jumps up and down with it when he's really fixated and intense with it so that was the biggest giveaway for me and then it started to be the dependability of things being in sets or pairs and even numbers he didn't like things in odd numbers um and he was really intelligent with things like that of like knowing where things went it had to be done in a set form a set order um he was watching children play and they left blocks on the wall um but all scattered about so then he came along and he moved all the blocks uniformed to be in line and color orientated and i'm not saying like these are definite traits of autism because it can also be your child is just incredibly smart for their age but obviously going with everything else that was there and being displayed it was like okay fair enough yeah yeah like everything you're saying is in my eyes a kind of autism um because you know like 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 putting things in order like putting things in a row um puffing hands uh kind of all that kind of stuff does he um does he like is he the right verbal or or, or non-verbal? So he's pretty much non-verbal. I know some of that is partially due to age. Um, but also his speech just like where he was at, he was saying yes, no, mum, dad, um, and a few other things scattered in there, and then he started regressing and didn't even say mum and dad at one point. Um he's recently learned to say various forms of saying yes but can't grasp no um we've had the odd occasional why so he's starting to question but he genuinely cannot like string sentences or like a couple of words together it doesn't work like that for him so we've like kind of gone down the route of well how can we get him to communicate with us in a way that we can understand at this current moment in time along with what he can focus and learn as well because obviously you have to look at age-wise what he's capable of and then needs-wise what he's capable of so he can't really speak um talking wise he's behind anyway um and they put him forward for speech and language for that um therapy wise and we're still awaiting to see the person in person because obviously we were, in co- we were in the middle of a lockdown at the time. Yeah. Um, and essentially, we started teaching him to bring us a bottle or a bowl or plate when he was hungry or thirsty. And then he started learning to be able to like lead us. So I'd be like, you show me. And I'd take his hand and I'd start to walk and eventually grasp that he could take you somewhere and lead you to do something. Um whether that was playing with his chalkboard and handing you chalks, whether that was going into the kitchen and pushing me towards a cupboard that he knew the squash was kept in or that the snacks were kept in. Um, and obviously the hardest one for us at the moment is trying to potty train because he just doesn't grasp the concept of going to the toilet without a nappy on and it really upsets him. Mm. Um, he's quite scared of the toilet and things like that. and. I know kids of this age, some of them are slow starters, some of them pick it up quite quickly. But for Logan, it's genuinely like you could take a nappy off or have him in pants and he will hold in the toilet until he has the nappy back on. Hmm. So that's been the biggest task as of this current moment in time. Um, And then obviously he's made the transition to school recently, which has upset the whole routine and has meant that there has been some newer meltdowns as his understanding is developing and it's almost like he's now aware of these other emotions he didn't necessarily display at the time yeah and he's getting more tired quickly we're walking more because I'm trying to get rid of well, I say get rid of the pram until it's necessary like for us to go out places he may need it but like the school is very much local it's a five minute walk down the road for us yeah. <laughs> so it's ah. nice for him to have that kind of let's walk and go about a routine yeah I think routine is important isn't it um like, like it, I think that that's maybe why he may be a bit stressed maybe going to school or just starting recently um because it is um like a routine something he's been used to um yeah. maybe for a while 
um, and probably start um, the pandemic, the first, the first lockdown. Um, it, it, it might have been distressed then from that change routine at the start. Maybe. Yeah, because we couldn't go out and do things that, with the freedom that we had before, because it was all that here in South Wales, it was genuinely a case of you could exercise for an hour a day. That was it. You could go out an hour a day yeah. in your bubble. So whereas he may have seen more people out and about, he wasn't seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it, it was really hard. And I think it still is, isn't it? Like, um, it's hard for to understand like what's going on and why 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 can't I go out because um like the, like the the government say so and and it's hard to understand even for people that who um who know what's happening I think yeah <laughs> um, so I think for kids it's like why can't we go to the park why were these places shut why can't we just go and pop here and yeah but. <coughs> I do think that was the easiest time. Well, like when everyone was inside, I thought it was a really good time for to go out um, at more evening time because no one was there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was pretty good. Um, but but yeah, autism. Um, there is a lot to it, and it's very helpful when you do have a diagnosis. But it's really hard to um, like how how old is um. Like Logan, like your son. He's three years old, three literally years not old, long term yeah. three. So yeah. it's very much a case of people are like some people are very much like it could be down to age, but then there are other professionals who have walked into the environment with Logan and gone, yeah, no, there's very much a case of there is some form of needs there, and I think you are on the right track with the whole autism side, but we can't formally diagnose him because that has to be done by neurodevelopment and paediatrics yeah. which obviously we're on the wait list for yeah so it, it takes it, it takes time and it's a good job it's good you're doing it now because even if it takes well he's young <laughs> um yeah. like um like I, I was diagnosed when i was nine um so it, and like now i see more people get diagnosed as adults now um more now um so to when I was young, lots of people were getting diagnosed my age, um, and not as so. Like, like people get diagnosed in their the forties, <laughs> don't they? Um, yeah. 40s, 50s. So um, it's better to get a diagnosed sooner um, rather than later, I think, because you have that help. And if you get diagnosed later in life, you possibly won't have that help, or you have to be in a maybe a certain setting that you're not comfortable with being in. Yeah, and I think people don't kind of understand as well that once you have been diagnosed with these especially later on in life you kind of are mourning in a way over like life wasn't supposed to be this hard for you do you know what I mean um and like the playing field is very much not even uh compared to what you're taught it is and it's like especially in school we didn't really have this whole learning about additional needs we didn't have this whole autism week in school that they now have which I think is incredible I do props to the educational system at the minute for trying to teach children about additional learning needs I do think more could personally be done on it but it's about how to integrate it in a safe manner as well yeah I think there's there's still lots to be done with the understanding of autism and um and the um yeah just to to talk about it and like because like I think the more people that have autism themselves are actually working in those kind of or no people know more about it because like sometimes for schools or for example or or just placed in general they don't understand it and they and they don't know what it is and um but it's very hard like um um if um it, it eventually goes well um I suppose it will be hard um like um Telling um, telling him that he's got autism and can't explain it to him because it is quite hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I was talking to a friend about it who's from the states, and I was saying that it's he was having an intense day with his emotions and he couldn't wrap his head around like what I meant by intenseness. So it all intensifies, and I was like, I don't really know how else to explain it, like 
his focus will be very intense on things and you can't get it back it'll be a case of like everything emotionally is very big emotions um where we may be able to write self well i say we some people and neurotypical people may be able to self-regulate better than that of autistic people and the same with um i find with adhd i have very big ups and very big downs i don't seem to have very much of the in between yeah and obviously you tend to find that with these side of things you get the anxiety you get the depression with it and you very they're very common to have along with yeah I... so you can only imagine what it's like for a child who doesn't have the concept of knowing that this is not necessarily how you may actually feel yeah. this is just a build-up of how the chemicals have worked in my body and it's like trying to teach logan to self-regulate in a way that he's not going to harm himself right now so for me it's a case of we'll hold his hands we'll wiggle his arms because for him he calms down through movement um he very much stims through movement as well he likes being rocked or swung or his favorite thing is very young from a young age was your typical parents throwing you up in the air because he is like an adrenaline junkie <laughs> uh, he will climb things to his heart content throw himself off things you have to make sure that you keep an eye on him um at all times as much as possible yeah yeah i think i think we all like that don't we <laughs> we get chucked on the air um even now <laughs> yeah um like it must like like well it, it, like i reckon he'll be not interested in trampolining maybe when he's older <laughs> yeah well uh, this is what we were looking at is the um local areas what have autistic hours and specialize in having a quieter time in their stores or a quieter time during their like cinema days and things like that um which i hadn't really thought about per se i've just been like i'm one of those people i'll google when the quietest hours are and i forget that you can just ring places up and be like do you offer an aut an autism hour a quiet hour do you offer this do you offer that and that it's very much okay to ask these things now yeah or it's like i feel like when we were growing up everything was still very much frowned upon it was like oh your child's got issues yeah whereas like now it's so much more accepted yeah yeah i think in cinemas i do i think autism friendlies don't they like um films yeah. and stuff i learned that um the view in swansea locally does a quiet hour of they'll have the lights on for the people with autism they'll turn the sounds down so they're not as loud through the speakers um just to help with all of that which i think is absolutely great so logan's quite light sensitive he yeah. very much loves intense light but doesn't like going from a really bright setting into a really dark setting especially quickly so if it's been a bright sunny day and you bring him into like a dimly lit room where like i don't know just just a little bit dark he really doesn't like it okay yeah um i i, I was um i was scared type when i was younger <laughs> I, I was so um i don't blame him um but but yeah um like i think i don't like in the cinema personally is people eating <laughs> oh i can um, understand that um because think about it we all go to cinema to watch a film um uh, if we don't go in if we don't go in there to eat uh, although we can but the best part probably part to eat is if the film is really loud um mm -hmm. at, at a point in the thing but it's annoying that, that, that's one of the things i just don't like people eating in general like making noise <laughs> um but the thing is i'm it's all right i might make noise <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> like I wouldn't think I make too much loud noise, but um it's something that I don't like. Um it's kind of like a chalkboard um scrape scraping for me. Um mm -hmm. which it sounds like, but um to, to other people they'll be like, You're making noise, so why can't I make noise? <laughs> yeah. Um, um I say, uh doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's one of my friends is autistic and he doesn't like the sound of people chewing, audibly chewing their food. So he doesn't mind the sound of like food cooking, but he can't deal with like actually hearing someone, especially if they're quite a, a vocal chopping of the chops kind of person of a 
you can't do it yeah. and I'm like that's absolutely fair enough and like out of respect like I wouldn't purposely unless we were in an environment where we were all sat eating wouldn't yeah. go eating by him near him or with a headset on I'd mute myself yeah yeah I am um, yeah eating like in a plate is different because um I suppose you're not as focused on um other people's what, what they're doing because you're focused on what you're doing maybe um it's not bad I don't think if you're in a restaurant um but um but if it <laughs> it's even if people are still close to you it's still irritating but um but yeah I think that's what makes you sensory and I, I'm sensory with my autism I just don't like that kind of stuff um but but yeah we, um but it does help um like getting diagnosis and stuff because um it's very hard work uh, it's not it's not easy but when you get there it, it is uh, rewarding um um probably people who who they're doing their jobs um hopefully they're doing everything right but sometimes they get it wrong um yeah it wouldn't surprise me if i have other stuff because it's like auditory wise i really struggle with lots of sounds and i get like a overwhelmed and even when I went to the cinema the other day and we were watching Batman there was just a certain part in the film where the um vocals and the sounds were so loud I ended up crying because it was just it was so intense it was so loud on my ears and it hurt that's the only way I can describe it as it hurts my brain and it hurts my ears yeah yeah was that is that because you're ADHD I don't know um I would for me because of when I found out that I had ADHD I just kind of was like oh well this is what we have we're living with it now and Mm. I never went any further into it and it's only recently that I've started educating myself on it especially now that like Logan's going through what he's going through and learning how to help him with his learning needs as well as my own yeah yeah because it's like how would you like if you had to explain like ADHD to someone who didn't know like how would you kind of explain that do you think um for me it's like having I can't have just one consecutive thought one after the other I can't sit and just ponder one thought so I constantly have noise in my head of various different thoughts all at the same time and I'll try to follow a thought which then ends up with me trailing off into other thoughts but I've still got all the other thoughts going on at the same time. So think of it like being in a room with crowded people and you're trying to make yourself heard, but then you catch other people's snippets of conversations and you remember something from their conversations that triggers something else, but you can still hear the original conversation going on. And that was like the biggest thing for me. Um, And then from that as well, I had, I was very much a child who spoke a hundred miles an hour. I didn't have concept of like time of like people would just be like just for two minutes can we be quiet just for two minutes and a couple of seconds would go by and I'd I'd be back talking 100 miles an hour yeah um so it's like I have all this energy and then at the same time I also have no energy at all yeah and it's like I get those days where I physically have to force myself to move and get out of bed because obviously I do have the little one but it does give me purpose to get up and move and do these things where I was like I think if I was on my own I wouldn't be able to I'd just be stuck in this comatose of I need to do this but I can't move and time blindness is a massive one as well so I have to constantly either set alarms for stuff or I end up waiting and I can't do things with my day because I'm like waiting to do something yeah yeah I I think I think for the thing with ADHD, um, it's kind of a stigma, I suppose, um, that people with ADHD are, um, like, especially in schools and stuff, that they, if they're naughty, um, that, 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 that's what people think. Like, the teachers think if you if you've got ADHD, you're 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 a naughty person. You're um, mm-hmm. you're doing this because you want to disrupt the class and stuff like that. Um, and it's not like that. Um, no, it's, it's not. Um, it's it's like, um, like, for example, probably a lot of people rock on chairs. 
<laughs> in school yeah. though um and you do that because like um you wanted to or you, you thought it's although you probably in your head you think there's a fear I'm going to fall off this chair but um, I still want to do it because it, it makes me maybe concentrate to what I have to do. Yeah, so I find rocking or moving, my so I'll move my feet constantly. Um, I'm very much like I'll tap them on the floor lightly in like a series of patterns <laughs> or I will swing them back and forth. But even to go to sleep at night, I have to like rock like this on my sides yeah. because it's the motion of the movement that is calming and can help me focus. And I like rather than having all of this going on and all these thoughts I kind of have to be like focus on the rocking and I'll count or something to try and help me and go with it yeah yeah I have to um like tap I have to tap things um mm -hmm. certain amount of times um I have to look, look at down corners like uh, quite a lot um um and I don't know. I, I just worry. I'm a worrying person. I just worry about different things. <laughs> like if I don't do that, something bad will happen, um, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I do those kind of things. Like I will maybe switch, flick the switch three times or four, five, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the kind of thing. But yeah, I, I think I think the schools like hearing at the moment that like people are still still struggling. Um, that have um special needs and like need more help as um it's quite sad um because like well we want to call schools schools don't we or, or stuff but like we don't want to call them special schools or, or uh, we have to because we want to help they want to help the people that need that support um yeah but i think there becomes a point of they could possibly use other words than special needs or mm. additional needs for a school-wise environment because we have mainstream and it could literally just be mainstream and non-mainstream yeah because obviously yeah. when you search online these things will come up in the tags anyway because that's what they'll tag with the website is people will type in autistic schools people will type in adhd schools people will type in um schools to help manage anger yeah. um you know and if that's something they're searching for it can just be put in as a tag rather than it actually being i'm looking for a specialist school yeah because yeah it's, it's hard because um it's hard to get out of a mainstream school and go to a special school and like i talked about this the other day like like um like people who maybe need more help um um have maybe one-to-ones or something like that um and what if um like they're in that class and then they're, they're, i was like this you're in this half of the room and like this one member of the staff will help the certain of the class um because they need that more support maybe and a certain thing but they would like always sit there like um and maybe so wouldn't help other people um but maybe felt they needed the help but they weren't asked maybe because and um, they feel like that they need more help um, and I don't, but it, it's kind of hard that, that I feel. Um, so like I do that. think that with schools in general, because it's like Logan very much needs a one-to-one -one or some form of extra assistance. Um, he was granted a one-to-one -one when he was in crash, but has started school and doesn't have a one-to-one -one now. So that's been a really big change for him. Yeah. Um, and there's over 30 kids in his class. There's four teachers. Um but it's still not the same as having that one-to-one. -one. And I think at that point, there needs to be even just something in place to help bring those kids across to having no one-to-one, -one, if that is something the school can't afford or the they can't get the funding for at that time, either tell us and help us find a way to integrate the child into the school rather than just putting them straight into that setting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard because I feel like maybe just have people that need more, more support all in one class, not mixed with different needs for different children. Um, it, it would be much easier, wouldn't it? Like if you had um, people that needed that more support just in one class um, rather than... at that point, um, with the it's almost segregation-wise and where do you draw the line? And I think that's what the schools are looking at. At what point do we draw the line here? as to people who are severely behind or people who just are struggling a little bit. Um, and I think 
if there are concerns and you, they are able to do all these assessments, um, it needs to be pushed and fought for because I do feel that the schools have such a big, big responsibility to these kids and they're just not getting seen to. No. Whether no. that's a case of it shouldn't have to all fall on the parent shouting as loud as possible for their child to be seen, which unfortunately it is the case right now with how things are and because of COVID and, you know, people around, especially locally to me, the educational psychologist currently is part-time. So at what point do they not think, oh, we may need an extra person here to help pick up and help us sort out the rest of the cases and help get these children the help. And I just think the lack of resources put forward to help people with special needs or additional learning needs needs to increase. It yeah. really, really does. Yeah, because even if, um, I was the person that needed maybe a bit more help um, in certain things and in our people, but, but still I would struggle to ask for help. Um, I would and. I would be hard to ask and like you get, you get answers back from from teachers or something like like why can't you try again and uh, and stuff like that and it's not I know they're trying to be nice and all but like you ask for help because you you want the help because <laughs> yeah. the one I found hard for myself is if I can't grasp something within a few tries my brain says no and I ended up having to go to after school clubs and stuff. I had a home to school book when I was in primary school um, to help me with my maths and things because I really, really did struggle. Yeah. Um, and I think at that point, like my brain was very much like, no, I just don't understand it. And then you have the teachers who will push and be like, just try again, just try again, just try again. And I'm like, but you're not showing me again how to do it you're just expecting me to just keep staring at these numbers on the page and hope it forms into something different or hope that I understand it instead of sitting there and going okay let's give it a different approach if we put it like this and like this does that make more sense and I just feel like there's not enough of that in schools and I think it's to do with the time that they can actually spend with each individual child yeah yeah, because there's not enough time, is there? I think it's almost like hour and lesson, maybe, um, or less you than think, that. You think with schools these days as well, the classes are quite big. Yeah. And it's like, when I was in school, I think there was maybe about 20-something kids. And I'm saying that the school struggled then. So can you imagine now what it's like where a lot of schools are overrun? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 disappointing because um, there are people that um, like there's going to be good things about every school, bad things about every school. Um, even when I went to special school, it was it was, it was very good. It, like it's really I got a bit more confidence. I um I did well and and stuff, but there's still bad things. Like I I I had to make teachers get awesome training <laughs> um, at one point because. There was a situation where um, I got asked to go to lunch after a lesson and there's me thinking I, I, I'm going to go for lunch and <laughs> um, to take that seriously and um, I get I got told off for doing that and I said uh, I got told to go to lunch and stuff and and then and then later on we had a I had a meeting and that and then they did have awesome training and stuff but um, but but it's just those things like not everyone's gonna understand what you mean and stuff and that's why more people who have actually have autism and have a lot of knowledge of it um need to be working on these kind of things because um you've got to know how people are coming across if you don't um it's not gonna be very good is it no it's like i know for a fact as logan he would follow a routine so if i was to then tell him no he can't have food at this time that like he has it he's going to really struggle to grasp that he can't have that then because that has been in his routine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Logan will have lunch at about 11 o'clock because he's in school for one and he takes, he takes about an hour or so to eat, but I also need to get him dressed and sorted. But with Logan, the routine that I've built around him for leaving the house or having visitors, we get dressed before we go somewhere or we get dressed before visitors come over 
because Logan would get irritated by certain clothes or he'd put clothes on and expect to be able to go outside straight away. And I was like, no, no, we've got breakfast to do. We've got this to do. We've got that to do first. So if I don't get him dressed, he doesn't think he's leaving the house. Mm. So that has been a routine I've implemented. And then obviously my concern now with when he starts to go full time after the December is how are they going to integrate his lunch to him? Because they don't have lunch in school currently when they start at one. And when they're in mornings, I think they're in from nine till 11. Yeah, it's it's a rush, isn't it, with lunches? It always has been in schools because you get called in, don't you, um, at a certain time. And I think it's wrong that how they do this. Like, um, I don't know if it's still the same, but that like they will go by how old the years are. Like, um, when they in, uh, um, like if you're you're eleven or or like, uh, but I think they got. I don't know how things are now. I think if you're younger, you can just go in earlier than everyone else. But uh, if you're younger, um, yeah, because I remember in with the older lot, it was like certain weeks some of the older people got to go first and then it was like um they they got to be in the queue first for the first 15 minutes because they had exams and stuff which I get but then the rest of the year then it was like year sevens and year eights could go first and then it was like well year nines aren't getting in to have their lunch until quarter past one but they're still in the queue with all the others but it's still been waiting to be served as well whereas I think in primary school as far as I'm aware, I think the nursery kids are all together in their own, especially in Logan School anyway, are in their own and they go to their lunch with their lot and they're served and they can take as long as they need up until like obviously the end of lunch. But it's a case of there is no rush to get them out and seen to versus I think as you go through the school, it's like oh, they're taking a while in their lunch. We need to work on this with them and set them time limits. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like, like um, sometimes you, if you're in the older lot, like you'd get like ten minutes, and it's it's not good because like you know like people have health issues or, or like 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 that they need to take that time because for anyone it's not good to rush. Like you don't want to rush. Um, you you might want to if you want to go outside to to play or something or, or something like that. It's like even from the point of older school ways, detention. If you had a lunchtime detention, you weren't coming out to get your lunch in time. And then by the time you were getting your lunch and you've eaten it, it's time to go back into class. Right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I had a funny story about that. Like, um, like um, once, um, and, and and this was in special school, by the way, and I, I'll tell you a little bit of the situation and in mainstream in a minute but um I was in I, was in, I um it was science and I the teacher I believe now is retired <laughs> I think uh but it wasn't when I was there of course um and we did science and she was she was almost like a mainstream teacher in a social school kind of like she train it like that um but um we we're doing science I didn't bring my pencil case um and uh, the only reason I didn't bring it is I I, I did forget it, <laughs> but um, the other reason I didn't bring it is I thought I'm not going to look for it because I'm not going to need to use it. And that reason was because I, we, I knew it was going to be on the computers for the lesson. Um, mm-hmm. I know they were they rented out and stuff like that because you have to rent them out, don't you? Like you're buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the same and, with the school halls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what happened was um, she I come in and said so, so Mason um where's your pencil case and I said I didn't bring it um <laughs> and she said why and I said I'm not going to use them am I um and I said you may not need to use them but it doesn't mean you can't you don't you shouldn't bring them and then for proof of that reason she gave me detention and what annoyed me I, I didn't I didn't say anything about this at the time I I, I wait till everything's calmed down and everyone's left um but and she, she another person that's possibly more um high than me or like maybe um comes across more naughtier um mm-hmm. um forgot their pencil case too and 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 it doesn't really bring it didn't really bring it to many lessons as well and they forgot their pencil case and the teacher's like oh here's a pencil or like a pen so they gave them one and i get detention um for doing something that i thought 
well, we, the, the fact is we didn't use the, the pencil case in the lesson, so I did the right thing. <laughs> um, it's not the point, though, is well, it? Like, no. she she shouldn't have done that. Like, no. But what happened afterwards, of course I... An example I, out of one person, that's not... Yeah, yeah. and that lunchtime, um, I, 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 I go to the um, detention, but I don't go in. Um, I stand at the door, and it, it's quite funny, really. Um, I, I always laugh about it. Um, uh, the teacher was like, um, oh, I'm asking you, you're here for your detention. I said, uh, uh, and I said, no, I'm not here for that. <laughs> I'm here to have a conversation with you. Um, and um, because I'm annoyed, I might have raised my voice a little bit because I, I, I have the right to be annoyed when another person has that, doesn't get one, and I do for exactly the same reason. And yeah. she ends up saying that you're 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 kind of cross as aggressive, but I wasn't. I was just raising my voice, and she 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 didn't know what to say because uh, I said she didn't know what to say when I was explaining why are you giving someone else a um a pencil case and and they haven't got detention then like me, um when we didn't in fact use the pencils that lesson, and what happened um uh, 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 she ended up saying that I wasn't going to give you detention anyway. Go to lunch, and then yeah, so I was able to actually say my point. And if I didn't say my point, I probably would have had to go to that detention. But, um, yeah, probably. Or she would have explained to you. But even then, that's still taking up unnecessary time. Yeah. She yeah. could have had that discussion with you either in class instead of going, well, why have you not brought it? She could have been like, okay, no worries. Can you just make sure you bring it next time because X, Y, Z? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't a naughty person. I, 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 I'd like to... Um, I did enjoy lessons too, to be fair. They were quite funny. <laughs> um, like, um, but um, it was just, um, I suppose I was, upset. I was upset because I, I am, um, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm not. I, I think for, I don't know how to word this now. Um, I think people forget that autistic people in general don't have the same concept and mind frame as a neurotypical person or somebody mm. without those needs of like I may have understood why we may have needed a pencil case even if we weren't going to use it and I may have understood why like I was in the wrong but to you literally in your brain it was a I don't need it this lesson so why why don't need to go back and find it yeah and you like autistic people's brains are very literal thinking yeah it was... so it's like that is also another reason why you would have gotten upset because she genuinely hasn't punished anybody else for it it made no sense to so in your head this is why you're getting wound up and emotional about it and frustrated about it and she's just said like oh well I wasn't going to give it to you anyway which is just exacerbating the problem in the first place is in your head you're there going but you said you were going to give it to me and now you're not yeah, is oh, that, that that was probably the only other situation other than like the the lunch one I mentioned uh, in special school, and then there there was a fair few. Um, the two main ones in in mainstream was um, I after lunch one time um, I was in the kind of this class that other people had special needs too. Um, it probably wouldn't have just been autism; it would have been other things. Um, and I heard the teacher say, "You got to go to right outside the library and stuff." Um, and I do, uh, and not just me. It's, it's why I thought I was doing the right thing. <laughs> um, Fifteen minutes waiting there for. Uh, of course, the library's locked. Go back, and teacher says, uh, "Why are you not? Why are you? What, where have you been?" And stuff like that. And I say, uh, "I've been waiting in the library, like, like you said." And then, and then she says, "I didn't say that." And and then I got all confused. So there was um, really miscommunication there, and and like the same situation, get detention. <laughs> Um, and then in the morning, I believe, um, um, the head of year comes to see us and, um, and I'm not very confident at this point, but no one else was speaking, so I had to speak and he wasn't coming across very nicely. Um, and I said to him, I said to him, um, well, he said to me, I, I said to us, uh, I'm going, why didn't you turn up? And I said, I thought I was doing the right thing. Like I got told what I thought. If I didn't think that I would have been like the, in class, weren't I? <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, when that happened, he ended up saying, "I let you off," um, and then I, in my mind, thinking, "Let me off for what?" Like that kind of stuff. Um, in that situation, um, 
and one other situation is putting the tyres on, um, struggling, asking for help, and teachers not giving that help was a, a really annoying thing. Like, like I found it really hard to ask for help when people didn't do it, and they would watch you do it, knowing that you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big one. I know, like you have to let people learn, but like you were there because you can't do things you can't think in the same logical way your brain doesn't see things the same way do you know what I mean yeah and like whereas like to somebody else they may have understood it but they don't it's it grates me because I feel like there is a lack of common sense from people in management to be able to help others yeah yeah and they kind of um say things that like so some people uh will say things that just to please like um maybe if you maybe in the future for you for example if you're um at school and like like, like teachers promise things and stuff like that and then they probably only like um say that maybe to please you or try to make you happy and then you find out later that some maybe is not being right something's not right going on and yeah like, I just think like, even honest. as a parent it's like I will not promise something to Logan if he cannot have it because he does not understand that he can't have it yeah and it's like he will take it literally if I'm like oh well tomorrow we'll go here and if we don't he gets very upset about it yeah yeah it's it is it's it's probably the best way to be like be like that and like what's your um what's your thoughts on um like what if you need a toilet um in school for example and um you uh they say um you have to wait till lunch and you need to go no I absolutely hate that so my whole family has had bowel and toileting issues in general my dad has IBS I have issues with IBS stuff um and it has meant that, like, if you need to go, you need to go. Yeah. Like, you can't hold that in unless, like, so for me, with ADHD, that's the one thing I do do is hold in going to the toilet to, like, pee. Yeah. Um, And, like, I'll forget about it or I'll be desperate and can hold it. But it's not good for your body system at all in any way, shape or form. Like you are causing more harm to these children by asking them to wait. And I know sometimes it feels like they are taking the mickey, especially if they've asked five times in a lesson to go. But I think there has to be an understanding with teachers and perhaps going, okay, well, I'll send so-and-so to go with you to go to the toilet. Um, they'll stand outside the toilet waiting. And I know that that is somewhat a, a breach, I guess, of like... I'm not saying to go stand and watch somebody go to the toilet. Yeah. I'm just saying to stand outside the bathrooms. And I know there is a pressure then, but at the same time, there will be those people who do take the mic, isn't there? It's yeah. that fine line. But I do feel like there needs to be a toilet pass type thing, like a card you can hold up to go, I need the toilet and that's where I'm going. And you wave it as you stand up and you go to leave the classroom so the teacher sees it. Yeah, I have, um, because of my crimes, I have to go to the toilet quite a lot too. Um, I have like, um, just can't wait card and, I wasn't done those crimes till like in year eleven at school, so I didn't really have that opportunity in school to use it. So I couldn't. I didn't have an excuse, or well, not an excuse and reason to go to the toilet. Yeah. Uh, but it shouldn't be the case anyway. Like for anyone, um, like like you say, I, I know people probably take the mic. Uh, some people go there for the sake of it, maybe missing lessons, but you don't know that. Like they, they may actually need to go, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and and yeah, like with having like that. RBD is it is um it's hard and like you you don't look like nothing's wrong and and you, you, you don't look like you're not if you're not in the wheelchair you you classed you're fine but um which it's disappointing but yeah I've, I, I'm not sure if that has changed I wouldn't have thought so <laughs> in schools I don't really know um I'm not sure Logan's a bit too young and obviously with yeah. his issues anyway it's not something I'm probably going to find out about. Yeah. Whereas, like, I know in crash or, um, like, daycare type thing, they will take them at regular intervals anyway, and they will ask, do they need the toilet? 
and it's like it's the I like the whole consent thing as well with the whole um can I check your nappy or it's I'm get should we go to the toilet and they're like no and it's like okay well we can either do it now or in five minutes and it's like making the child feel like they have a choice and a decision in that making and I think that's what teachers forget is like they could literally turn around and be to that person do you need to go now or can you wait five minutes and that's a way around it with kids because like it could literally be that child could wait five minutes that child may not actually need to go or in five minutes time it could just be like a case of yeah I didn't really need to go I was just wasting time yeah we can't um it's hard to just tell them that sometimes like you just have to go um like I have to. You, it's it's not good to hold in. I know sometimes if you're on a car, car journey, like you, you can't have to sometimes, don't you? Like if you're on a car journey and and or someone like that. But in school, it should be it's your human right to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no one can't tell you can't. Um, like the, te- the teachers don't ask, do they? Like, uh, like, uh, can I go to the toilet? <laughs> do they? They just go when they want. Or. <laughs> And it's like they have you. They have to remember, like you wouldn't ask unless you needed to go. Realistically, that's what they have to think about. It's like yeah. for them, they probably have hung on to go. Right, okay, I can't hold on any longer. I need to go to the toilet, and that's the majority of students. Yeah, like it genuinely is. It's the same for the majority of students. We don't want to have to get up and make a scene in the classroom to have everybody stare at us just because we need to go to the toilet especially as females as well for like with our bodily functions there are certain things that we need to go and sort out you know and it's it just you're being penalized for just having body parts yeah yeah you have to use them don't we yeah (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) yeah but it is yeah it's I always say I, I like to go back one day to just see how things are doing like like how it was all uh in schools now um have they changed much um um like yeah it's just something that would be interesting but it's the toilet thing that did really annoy me when i was at school anyway it's like you can ask to go to the toilet in an exam and have someone escort you so you don't cheat but you don't have to sit and wait to the end of the exam do you so why is it any different in a classroom setting yeah yeah i I remember it all like um I know like if, if multiple people are asking for example like I need to I need to I need to I need to like they're gonna say no to everyone probably because there's too many people asking at once um and then because you can't predict what time you really need that toilet um it kind of just happens doesn't it <laughs> yeah and I think if there are a lot of people you know the maximum amount of toilets you have surely so you would send them in groups and wait. you'd have to wait for the other three to come back and then send the other three. It is what it is. And like, obviously, it will be a case of who's really desperate and who can hold on. And that's a conversation you are allowed to have with people. Yeah. Um, I, if you I, need to manage it that way, you know. I I remember I went to um, a few years ago, I went to see a Sharon concert um, I did. Um, and I... Um, I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the, I knew I was going to need a toilet before it started. Um, and I didn't go to the ones in the cheering because I knew they would have been packed. Um, so I saw McDonald's um, and it was packed too. Um, <laughs> um, but I have my, I have my just can't wait card and then I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it's like um, I'm having that and then there's a disabled toilet and I know not everyone's going to be disabled. I, I would have thought so. Because um, the the other ones were packed anyway, like the uh, the normal ones, the public ones you mm. normally use. And I would skip the queue and I'll say, I, I'm gonna, I need to sort it because um, I did. And th- that was one situation. And another one is um, I asked, I went to this restaurant or somewhere, and I said, can I use your toilet? And it was only a staff toilet. Um, and they said no to start with. And then I can't explain having crimes and everything. And I ended up showing my card and then they let me throw in the end. Um, and I did say, um, I might, if I don't go, I'll probably, some, you might have to clean something up in a minute or something like that. <laughs> I was like, when I was pregnant, um, I stopped in, at a service station, um, petrol station, and they didn't have a toilet other than for staff. And I was like, I am pregnant. And like, I uh, genuinely, uh, unless you want 
stuff on your floor right now because my child is playing football with my bladder. I was like, I really need to go. Yeah. Yeah. And did they let you? They did, thankfully. But it was one of those. It was either that or I'm going to have to pop a squat behind your building. So (laughs) you take your pick. (laughs) Yeah. People do that, though. Like, don't they? Um, Like, it's like everyday thing. Like, if you need a toilet, for example, if you're going on drive, for example, um, and there's nothing nearby, and you're probably about 45 minutes to get home or something, or like you might need to do that. And it's not, it's not like something to be embarrassed about because like you have to, and you can't help that. And um, it's hard. It's hard. Like I, in general, I I would love to prefer to to wait. To, to get home I don't like going to toilets where I prefer a disabled one over a public one because I don't like like um people coming in and stuff if I was gonna go or something like that because that's um it stresses me out with the, like I get baby changings being in the toilets in the female toilets but I would rather a separate baby changing facility because mm. it's really really hard with like Logan for instance to change his nappy but I do also believe that there should also be a toilet in a baby changing facility and not just a baby changing unit because I remember having to take um Logan and his older brother his half brother to the toilet um and I got the pram and I got all the shopping and I got the other child with me and there's no way you can get all of that one into just a female toilet area with a baby changing unit for me to go to the toilet and change a baby's nappy and both of which boys were boys so obviously it people get a bit awkward especially when the child is of a certain age but is still on that cusp of they're not old enough to go into a gents toilet by themselves yeah. so for me like having that baby changing area with that toilet in is vital or was vital should I say yeah yeah I think I, I actually remember in college there was there was a disabled toilet and um I wasn't allowed to use it it was only a staff only toilet and I got annoyed about it because um I I don't like using the disabled toilets uh, I, I'm not sorry the public toilets I, I need to use the disabled one because they're easier for me and they're, they're stupid um at the time, we really didn't say much about it. I couldn't do much about it because it was even the head of the college was saying it as well. And thinking, um, why is this a thing? Like, like you don't get that in an everyday place. I know that probably maybe the only place that you can go to the toilet. It doesn't mean I, I I shouldn't be able to use it because that's what they were getting. If I use it, they have to let everyone else in the college use it. And I thought that was silly. Um, really, you have your needs with your Crohn's that where you would need to be in an environment like that though yeah and i knew all that and i knew i, knew I have crowns it was it wasn't a big college but um it, it was very annoying um i did sometimes use it anyway um but regardless of what they said um at that point of curry i don't really care if i did get told off for of that because i was doing what i thought i had to do like um I'm not going to go downstairs and I don't like having conversations um, in a public toilet with people. Um, it's like, really. for instance, I would be really heartbroken from a point of if Logan ever needed to go to the toilet, but because there are so many people in the toilet and so many different sounds, because he very much does struggle with an overwhelming amount of sounds and strangers because he doesn't like eye contact, doesn't like conversation in a confined space. So yeah. I'd be absolutely heartbroken to think that he's held on and then like gone and had an accident because he felt like he couldn't go and use the disabled toilet because he's not physically disabled. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, 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 like you don't have to be physically disabled to use one, do you? Um, no. Because like, like it, it's, it's, like, it's just that thing, isn't it? Like if you, if you have a wheelchair, you're... You, you're more you look more like you can use it and although you wheelchair users are 100% right like you can use it but that doesn't mean no one else can um I know I know people probably who are not disabled use it as well but um uh, which they should think they shouldn't do that but I suppose if 
in an ideal world, if there was no toilet tray, you, you'd probably use that for anyone, um, really, mm-hmm. um, if you're disabled or not. But it's it's very annoying when that kind of stuff happens. Like I remember once um, I I went to London and I was um, and when you get out, there was a toilet and I think it was Weatherspoons. It was um, and I I went in there um, and I I asked um, asked mum to stand outside because um, I know um, I'd lock it and everything, but I know just people. I don't like not people knocking, um, mm. saying is anyone in there or when I use the toilet. Um, yeah. Um, because it makes you feel rushed, and and then I can hear them outside having a conversation. I'm saying, "Who's in there?" And then it's like my son, mainly uh, me, and I said, um, "I'm in a wheelchair. I need to use the toilet." Or something, saying something like that. And then I could have said something when I got out, but I didn't because there's no point. <laughs> um, because most likely, probably not going to know what Crohn's is. Um, and looking at me at that probably moment, they're thinking, "I'm not in a wheelchair." I don't look disabled, but um, mm-hmm. like nowadays, I think more people do understand. Well, I think more people do understand now that it's not always like that kind of. It's not always that is disabled. Like they have those pictures now on Twitter sometimes, don't they? Like not um, not not every disability okay. is no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's visual. Yeah, that's it. Something along those lines, isn't it? Yeah. You can't always see every disability. No, no, yeah, I think that's pretty, that's good. Um, it's good they do that. Um, I think because it just shows that like, um, not everyone has to go through the same experience. But it, it just depends, doesn't it? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, so I hope, uh, well, um, you kind of just started in it like, like this past year, like, trying to get uh Logan that diagnosis yeah so we're on the wait list with pediatrics and neurodevelopment uh the wait list at the time was two years but as far as I'm aware according to a friend um who's in the industry that sounds really weird saying it like that um (laughs) it's a going up to a three-year wait list so that's fun um, we are looking at getting him statemented through school with the educational psychologist and things. But again, wait lists, educational psychologist is part time. There's over a thousand plus cases just in the Carmarthenshire area. Um, and unfortunately, as I say, it is one of those where we are in a society where it's those who scream and shout the loudest get seen first. Yeah, you have to, don't you? Like, be mean if you can. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to. Anyway. And it's like one of those, the schools will get extra funding if they have him statemented, but then you've got to make sure with schools that they're hitting their needs. And then it's like the same with the specialist schools. You know, there's wait lists there. Yeah. And I just think it's such a shame that everything is in such dire need instead of it just being accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know the schools that the mainstream schools are overrun, so I can only imagine what it's like for additional learning needs or special needs schools for how that must be for them. And yeah. I just think there needs to be more of these out there and available. And I understand there will be some times where the classes will be smaller and it may not be so much of an issue, but right now, and it's like even just going off for predicted like the baby boom years. You know, you th- you think people would go, oh, right, well, we definitely need extra. <laughs> like, even if it's just, like, a temporary basis. Yeah, yeah, right. It was very, um, yeah, it, it was very hard to transfer, actually, to get to that special school. Um, you had to fight quite a lot even for that, um, even if you are have autism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard. And, like, being on that special school, you can see how things are done. Like, you can see, like, like you say, those, those, those little classes... Um, and I, I, I had some friends there who actually um, were there for the most of their lives <laughs> um, from like about really young nursery to leaving and, and going on afterwards. But yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully it goes all OK. Um, fingers crossed. And I have to keep me updated. Um, I will do. And uh, I could help if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, is there... Um, we go is it like any anything you want to say like maybe any advice or any last words advice wise 
don't feel like you need to be quiet and that you can't talk up about it. Yeah. If you have a gut feeling that this is something that you are dealing with or you know someone who's dealing with it and you are fighting for them, please speak up because you are their voice. You are your own voice if you can. So for me, I have to advocate for Logan as best as possible. And it's one of those you have to look at it. But the, the good versus the evil shouting, may you may become the irritating parent, the irritating person that people don't like. But ultimately, are these people's needs being met? And is there ways these needs can be met quicker and yeah. in a more suitable way? So please, please just speak up as yeah. best as you can. Yeah. I think that's great. Right. I mean, it's been very nice. I think very nice to talk in today, Kath, because we've talked a lot about autism. Um, um, right. I've, I've got autism, um, so um, um, I kind of know. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope you I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. It's been lovely chatting to you. It has, and we'll definitely do more stuff together and like see each other's doing yes. now and there. <laughs> I think that sounds like a good yeah, plan. Definitely. Well, thanks, Kath. Thank you. <laughs>